I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, <laughs> how you going to hear from outside the finals? You can't even get in. <laughs> Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. I am Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Muhammad. And today we will be talking about the 60s to 70s and who our top 10 guys are from the 60s and 70s. We got some serious, shocking guys on this list where we have them ranked. Some guys that we don't even have on the list. It's, it's going to be a real... Real uh, eye-popping episode. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to cover today. What do you have to say, Chris? I just want to say, like, the 60s is, like, the signature move era. Everybody had a signature move. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody had a signature move. Everybody just figured out some kind of way to be effective on the court, and they did it over and over and over. And I'm thinking, like, how can the the defense not stop this? Yes. But the defense were not able to stop it. It was just signature move era. Like you had Wilt with like the hook shot. Like the hook shot, one of the best moves in basketball. Like that's like an unguardable move for some reason. I don't understand why, but it is. And then like all his different, he just like if you watch his highlights, the highlights of the sixties, it's a lot of people just doing the same mm-hmm. move repetitively and able to score so effective. It's literally the era of fundamentals and the era of the signature move. Yeah, I think this leads into our our impressions of the league at that that time. So, I definitely think that at that time frame, it was, like, I know you saw this too, like, it was a lot of ball movement, player movement, a lot of guys coming off screens, hitting shots, off ball, and there was, it's just the offense ran through the center, there was a lot of rebounds from the center, and there was just such a height disparity between the center and everybody else on the floor. They have ridiculous Honestly. rebounding numbers from that era. So yeah, it's that's what what I have to say. What do you have to say? Like honestly, like I completely one hundred percent with you, Jason. Like from watching those that tape and the film and everything, mm-hmm. it's just that everybody else was so much smaller on the floor. But then there was a complete height difference. And then there was a skill difference between players as mm-hmm. well. Like you had those players who were like <clears throat> Wilt Chamberlain, who just like leaps and bounds above everybody else. And then you have like the small fries, like I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. And I know you're going to agree with me with this one. Small fries like Bill Russell, who can only do literally <laughs> one thing on the court. <laughs> one thing on the court. <laughs> you have like Wilt Chamberlain pushing the ball. Like how tall is this guy for Seven one? one. Like he's seven foot one. Seven one, and he's moving like 
You know how I said, like, in previous episodes, LeBron's like a gazelle. This man's moving like a gazelle down the yes. court and making no-look passes. Like, it's effortlessly. Just, just imagine if... See, Giannis is what... No, I'm not even going to say that. Giannis, run, jump, dunk. <laughs> Onto the Kumpo, could never. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I really think that we both agree on this too. That honestly, other than Will Chamberlain, I, I I don't think watching a lot of these guys play is going to be like. Man, I really learned a lot of new stuff about basketball today. Like, not a lot of these guys can play in the league right now. I don't even. I'm not even certain about every guy on the top ten list that we have being able to play in the league right now, and it's just. It's crazy how much farther the league has gotten skill-wise, athletically. It's just a complete, complete huge gap between these guys and the guys from the past eras. I mean, it's a league of most of the players are 12 feet in it. And it's just crazy right. like that. Because there's no three-point line. So like, it's so many jump shots. It's ridiculous how many jump shots were being taken in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's not that many layups. It's more jump shots, and there's a lot of fancy passing, and it's a lot of like just dribbling down the court to one side, turning it back, and then trying to find the open mm-hmm. man. But the way the Celtics played, that's modern NBA basketball. I have never, like when I watched them, I was like, that could be like an NBA team. The way they ran that fast break, it's just like down and back, down and back, down and back, mm-hmm. and they move the ball so well, so well. They really, um, <clears throat> what's the word for it? I want to say they really like amplified all the players on their team like everybody got a touch and then they're like i know you like disrespecting bob Cousy. i like bob Cousy for one even though he can't dribble with his left hand (laughs) but he was able to get the ball up and down the court he played a specific role he got the ball up and down the court as a point guard and he got the ball to who needed to make the shot and he and that's how he was effective on the court i mean we can't really but watching that lakers celtics finals game i was just so amazed at like how skilled that team was mm-hmm. over the other team. I mean, like, yeah, it was a close game between Elgin Baylor and Jerry West versus Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, um, who else was my team? Rudy Russo. Like, it was very close between them, but still, that Celtics team, the way they ran that fast break was just amazing. It was pure poetry in motion. Yeah, and it, it was just a smaller league, too. Like, uh, they had, like, 12. 12 teams at like 1967 when the Supersonics joined so it was it's just a smaller league so you get honestly if they would have had like 30 teams I'm sure there would have not been as many good centers and these guys would have dominated more like I'm sure Will's stats would be ridiculous if he didn't instead of going against the top 12 centers in the world at that point in time he gets to go against top 30 yeah. I'm sure 20 through 30 would get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> right. Will Chamberlain drops 200 points. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're going to go into the uh, the news and notes section of the podcast before we start moving into the, the main bulk. So uh, I want to talk to you about us being right about something. Oh, what are we right about? So we are officially one and zero on takes. So we we talked about how the Minnesota Timberwolves were playing so poorly and weren't giving Cat the ball. In April, Cat is averaging 
31, 13.8 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Wow. So we were right. Yeah, so they start giving him the ball more. So now we are 1-0 and on takes, which due to Skip Bayless math is better than 4-6. <laughs> <laughs> So technically, we just made it into the first round of playoffs, so we're almost through. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. That's sub 2 plus 2 equals 3. Bullshit. Skip this. Right? <laughs> we never lost, Chris. Never lost. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're undefeated right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. That one in. All right, All right we go head to the for, next. For sure, needed that one. Head to the next guy here, Donovan Mitchell. Just put up thirty-seven and five in another week, another game during this week. Put up forty-one, eight and three. <laughs> I mean, he is ridiculous. So, that's not a surprise. To yes, me, you know what I mean. Like Donovan Mitchell has been known to be a high volume scorer. It's just that. He has, and the Nuggets have his number. That's just it. Like, until he can get over the, like, I know he beat the Nuggets the year before, but the Nuggets, like, come on now. That Nuggets was like a true underdog team last year in the final, I mean, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, that's, if he gets over the Nuggets this year, then I'll stamp him. But until then, go Nuggets. One thing that is, I, I think it's a little different. I think he's putting up these numbers more consistently than he used to. Because it used to be, like, Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell scoring, like, 26 points a game, 25 points a game during the regular season. And then the playoffs come, and then it's like, Jesus, Donovan Mitchell's dropping like 35 game. Oh, my God, he just dropped 50 like that. There's a huge jump there, and it's cool to see that he's starting to do that more consistently in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to compete with Dame somehow. <laughs> I mean, Dame is like 50 points, 50 points, 50 Dame. points, 53 points, then Dame. 40 points. And then it's just like, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. You got to compete with the other guards somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, JoJo dropped thirty-five and six. He's pretty amazing. I, I love watching JoJo play. Cat dunked on him. <laughs> I'm sure you're so happy. Cat dunked on him. News and <laughs> highlights. I'm not, but it, like, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit on the fence about it because I like the Timberwolves. I like Cat. Mm-hmm. I like JoJo. You know, Joel Embiid. He's like literally one of the best centers in the game. I think he's <laughs> the best center in the game. I, I, I would agree with that. I'll give you that. I'll I know you, you love point. Nicola, yeah, so I'm sure it's same. tough for you. Yeah, but Nicola, he can't jump. He's not like as <laughs> athletic. You know what I mean? Like he's he's more like who? If I could, I don't even know who I could compare him to right now because I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But Nikola Jokic, he's like slow, methodical. He's gonna get up the court. He can shoot that rainbow mm-hmm. shot. It's gonna go in. He's gonna put like a leg up, shoot a little fadeaway, but he's gonna pass the hell out that ball, like. Oh my yeah. god. And then that pick and roll with Jamal Murray. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me yeah, started. It's super dynamic. I, I can't even think I tried to think of somebody while you're talking. I he has to be the greatest center passer of all time and it probably isn't even close. Like I mean he's, he's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know anybody else. I I can't think of anybody else. I mean, there's one guy like that, skill set. that was in the nineteen sixties, the seventies, who led the league in assist one year. Will Chamberlain. <laughs> true, true, true. But he's not as athletic as Will oh Chamberlain. You goodness. know, he's, he's a really slow and lethargic. Like yes. he's like yes, they're completely opposites really... when it comes to the athletically. 
Right. <clears throat> so that I would give Wilt the the ball and let him run the fast break. Mm-hmm. Nicola, you should get down there past Wilt. The <laughs> so yeah, our next guy is uh, Steph Curry. Lost his mind at the end of the, the one of these games. I'm blanking on who he did it to, but it's he, they won forty-one to six. I think it was against the Heat. I could be wrong, but he was just no. It was not the Heat. It was the Bucks. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. He made a comeback against the Bucks, and he was dropping crazy threes like Steph Curry does. And I uh, this this goes into the the Bucks ever fixing drop coverage. So I was listening to a podcast, and Damian Lillard was explaining drop coverage, and basically that what that is is when the point guard is in the pick and roll, the big who's guarding the guy who's usually the screener will stay back closer to the paint and does basically drop coverage. So the Bucks run that throughout the regular season, and they had a great defense in the regular season running that. But they get exposed every time they get in the playoffs because they'll run the pick and roll, and Brooke Lopez will be at the rim. And you do that to Steph Curry? I mean, the guy needs three inches to hit a shot. Like... Right. <laughs> What are you even thinking? Like, this could honestly be the difference between them making it to the conference finals or not. I really do believe that. Drop coverage. Yeah. Okay. And Steph Curry's amazing. You you know, he, in my opinion, he's the greatest point guard of all time. I, I like Steph Curry as a player, yeah. though. I really do. And, uh, you know, 41 to 6, like, that's just Steph Curry means Steph Curry. I mean, nobody can stop him. I mean, he just steps two, two step. He just makes two steps inside the past the half court line and lets it fly and it just turns around and goes back on defense because he already knows it's going in. It's just, it's outrageous how he plays. Yeah. Um, but I really do feel bad for him a little bit because he got injured, came back from injury, and now he's expected to lead this team of, like, Gerbers. Yeah. Like, they're all babies in the league. I mean, besides Kelly Oubre, but, like, and Draymond. Like everybody else is so young. The team is so young, yeah. and it just seems it's like it's such a fall from grace, kind of, from constantly being a part of the playoff picture. Not saying they won't be this year, but constantly being part of the playoff picture, finals pitcher, Western Conference finals pitcher, and now you're kind of like seeing them go down a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if like our take from last time comes to fruition because. I mean, he might. I don't know if he's a lifer for the Warriors. He might go to the Lakers with LeBron. Mm-hmm. And James Wiseman's out for probably the year with a torn meniscus, so that that's probably gonna make their ability to. I mean, they're the ten seed right now, and the play on playing games are seven through ten seed. So if they stay where they are now, they they can still make it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it in the playoffs, which would be really sad. That's gonna yeah. hurt. That's gonna hurt again. That's gonna hurt. All right. Our next guy is, uh, I don't know if people know this yet. If they don't know, we are Cleveland Cavaliers fans. So Darius Garland dropping 37-7. and seven. Woo! Go Cavs! <laughs> Let's go Cavs! Let's go Cavs! So I have been a little bit of a disliker for a while of Colin Sexton. And my problem, my problem with Colin Sexton is that I think they have the roles reversed at the very least. I don't view Colin Sexton as a passer. Uh, mm. So he's averaging like four or five assists game, 
And Colin Sexton can score the ball. And I think they can work on the floor because they score generally from different spots. But Darius Garland is a much better passer. And he obviously shoots the three so much better than Darius Garland. He's honestly, I I would I would trade Colin Sexton. I don't feel like it works out long term because they're trade Colin. They're Sexton? both like six two, bro, six three. I, okay, so the Cavs have the Minnesota Timberwolves problem. They have a lot of short guys around, like a semi tall mm-hmm. guy. So it's like they have too many guards. So that's I see why they got rid of KPJ, but like I would have liked to keep KPJ because I feel like he's a phenomenal basketball player. He's gonna grow into something special. Mm-hmm. But I will like I do like the Darius Garland. I do like Darius Garland, you know, playing as a guard, you know, maybe a point guard and let him control the offense a little bit more because they say his upside when the ball is run through him is Damian Lillard. As during his draft during his draft stock. I remember watching something on ESPN during the draft and they said like his upside, Darius Garland's upside is Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. So if we can get like a Dame Lillard esque player in Cleveland, we could turn into something. But I just like Colin Sexton because I've been watching him since high school, and I just love his mentality. Yeah, his win, take no prisoners mentality. Like they always talk about, oh, this killer mentality, this dog mentality. Colin Sexton has that. Like on, he's a great defense. Like I think he's great defensively. Mm-hmm. For one, and he can score, and he 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 has that mentality where he wants to win games. So I feel like he's good on that team. If they can figure out to make that work, that would be better. I don't want to see him get traded because he's one of my favorite players. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good that you disagree with me because it, it's a good it – that was a good take. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it see it from that angle. I like that. <clears throat> so our next guy is somebody – these two guys were playing against each other. So Zach Levine dropped 50. I think Zach Levine dropped like 38 or 39 in the first half. Yeah, yeah, 39. I was watching this game, and I didn't know the stats until they finished. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ, everybody's getting buckets. What the hell? Right? Yeah, Trey Young dropped 42 in the same game. Uh, My takes from that is, dude, Zach Levine, I think he's like Mike. And what I, I feel like athletically, there's never been a player that's more like Mike than Zach Levine. Like other than the hands, okay, they both have on video jumping from the free throw line and dunking. They're both six six. <laughs> they're and they both have long arms. Like he is, he is very much athletically like Mike. Uh, he doesn't really have the mid range in the in between game yet. But obviously, we all know that he's a great inside scorer and can get to the bucket whenever he wants. But he is a phenomenal shooter throughout the season this year. And he makes tough shots from three, two step backs uh, that James Harden step over sometimes, too. And he's he's making good passes. And uh, I I really think his upside is a Michael Jordan-level player i obviously he's not that defensively but he's just uh, i love the way he plays when you when you watch the bulls pull bulls play i was a little disappointed because it's like nicole vucevic and zach levine and then there's just like the team just doesn't seem to fit around them i wouldn't be surprised if they right. make a lot of moves this offseason 
And I was really impressed by the Lena Hawks. Like, Zach Levine's dropping 39 in the first half in the Lena Hawks. And you're watching the game and you're like, the Lena Hawks will probably win this game. Like, they're just staying with them and playing great defense. It's just, I was really impressed by that Atlanta Hawks win. You know I love them, and Lou Williams looked really good with uh, Onyeka Ongaku coming off the bench. So, yeah, I'm excited to keep on watching them play. Uh, I like Zach Levine. I've been watching Zach Levine since he was with the Timberwolves. And I'm so, you know, shocked that you would say bike because – I mean, I see it athletically, and I see, but the only thing that I don't really, it, like, you know, he's athletic, he's playing for the Bulls. That's why I actually, like, when you said that before, I was like, does this mean, like, because he's playing for the Bulls, you think he's like Mike, or do you think, like, skill set-wise, he's like Mike? Because I still don't see, like, the like you said, the in-between game mm-hmm. or the short game or anything like that. He shoots a lot from three, he's become very proficient and effective from shooting from three, so that's the only difference between his and Mike's game, because, spoiler alert, Mike can't shoot threes at that level not at all yeah yeah but i mean i would agree and i like and now i've moved on to the atlanta hawks uh i do like the atlanta hawks i like their firepower i like the athletic i like the young athletic team that they have Mm -hmm. their get up and down the floor trey young is phenomenal for that team it feels it seems like that team is just maybe maybe possibly like if they let the team grow together with the coach as well Mm -hmm. And not really try to split that team up if they lose too many games or if they don't like reach their full potential. Like give them a couple, give them like a couple years before you try to break it up yeah. and see what can happen. Because that team, young, growing together, oh, they're going to be phenomenal in a couple. Yeah, years. that's I completely agree. They're they're coming, and there's going to be a day that they're going <clears> to <throat> be a real force in the East, which is good for them. That's delayed. You know how it goes, though. Yeah, I just, you know how it goes every time. It's just coaches disappear, and then the whole team falls apart. Yeah. And I really hope that. I mean, I I I like I lost off track, lost lost my thought there. It's good timing, like a time frame for them, because by the time the the Nets aren't as they get a little older, they'll be peaking. So that'll be good mm-hmm. for them. Or you know, super teams usually break up way sooner than we think, so something could happen. I don't know, like Kyrie Irving deciding to just not talk to anybody during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to play you anymore. You just want to read? Oh, yeah. Trade me. <laughs> I just made a game winning shot. Right. And we're down 3 1. Uh, it's time to leave. <laughs> right. It's, it's, I'm just, I'm done. I don't want to leave anymore. I don't want to play anymore. You and James Harden, you can have this team. I'm going to the. He's going to the Pacers. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, he's so weird. He's so yeah, weird. Yeah, bro. He really is. He really is. Um, so earlier this week, the, Speaking the of Nets took over the one seed in the East. And now they're tied with the 76ers still. But I feel like this is phenomenal news for the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be playing Kevin Durant? Kyrie Irving and James Harden or uh, Joel Embiid and Chris's favorite player of the whole wide world, Ben Simmons. <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Thank goodness. I got Philly in that game then. If that's the case, I have Philly in that game. I have Philly beating the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, I probably... Uh, ooh, yeah, I probably would too. I had to think about it. I got Philly beating, that, beating the Bucks because... 
Giannis run jump dunk onto the Kumpo can't do anything with Joel and mm-hmm. Embiid. So, all right, so we are moving into the uh, impressions. I mean, the you remember watching that YouTube video of Isaiah Thomas talking about how the Celtics were one of the first teams to integrate, and he like watch them just because of that and that was the team they rooted for like i thought that was really cool for the 60s because it was relatable and uh for sure and you think about that team I mean, sam jones bill russell like they were so amazing you know what i mean just they were definitely players that were better than like they deserved to be there you know what i mean like their talent yeah the of who they were as quality of his players were better and i'm glad that they got that playing time and brought into the league i love that you mentioned sam jones because after watching that one like i believe that sam jones was such an integral part of that celtics run winning those championships because oh my gosh like that guy is just so Mm -hmm. quick he's so quick he's so athletic and he just he just scores effortlessly and it's just it's a beauty to watch them. If you haven't seen it yet, just go watch um, the Lakers versus Celtics game seven. It's going to show you with the last 23 minutes of the game and just watch Sam Jones. He comes in, it's like eight points, but just how effortless and how smooth and just how, just watch his game. Just watch his yeah. game. Just watch his game and see what I'm talking about. I mean, about. he almost broke our top 10 at one point in time. He was <laughs> in it before I saw a few guys. All right. So this, here we go. Are you ready for the main event, Chris? <clears throat> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Number ten. I'm ready. I'm is ready. I'm ready. Elgin Baylor. Oh man, <laughs> we're gonna get some heat for this one. Can't. All right, Elgin Baylor, six five. Career averages are 27.4 points per game, 13.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists. His field goal percentage is 43%, and his free throw is 78%. His career high for a single season is 38 points and 19.8 rebounds. That sounds like a pretty solid player to me. (laughs) That sounds like top five player to me. You know what I mean? Like, but... Oh my, if you watch it, it's not pretty. If you watch it, it's not pretty at all. You just be thinking like, wow, how is he even able to do what he's doing on the court? Like, for one, he's undersized mm-hmm. on the court. And then it's just, I, I'm speechless when it comes to it. Because it's just like, I was thinking like, because I was <clears throat> watching Elgin, I mean like, watching Elgin Baylor and hearing about Elgin Baylor is two different yes. things. You have to watch the player a lot to really understand how the player actually is on the court, like in real time, and watching him, his the stories don't match up to his play at all. Like, how are you able to score? How are you able to even average career high thirty eight points the way you're playing, mm. sir? It's just I feel like he was a little before his time with his ability to be in the air and finish. That's it. Yes, <laughs> and we watched that. As like a current NBA guy, and like, uh, that 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 guy's in college. Like, 
we have like six guys on every NBA roster that can do that. He's only six five. Right. Uh. Yeah, he's overrated. I. <sighs> you said the word. You said the word. We gotta we gotta shut the podcast <laughs> down now. You called him overrated. He really? <laughs> you called him overrated. You gotta shut it down. Stop recording. Stop it. End it. End it now. End it now. End it now. Before we get into to, to more trouble, because you called him overrated. You called him overrated. You said it. <laughs> I. Uh, you know, I I want to say this before I go in, really go in on him, but completely body up. Right. <laughs> he should be praised Finish for him. being, you know, the inspiration that leaded to generations of people who were like, okay, I can be really good at basketball by. Hanging there and finishing and thinking Dr. J and Michael Jordan. Okay. Way better. Yeah. For sure. Elgin Baylor, in my opinion, would not be on an NBA roster right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. He's definitely like the prototype for those really athletic players. Like I'll give I'll give him that. Because like we haven't never seen nothing like that. But other than that, like it's just like you're real you're kinda athletic. Not as like on the top tier of no. athleticism, but you're athletic for that yes. time, and then you're you're undersized as well. But you you can score like you're able to do so because everybody's looking like God damn, like how is he able mm-hmm. to do that? And people just watching in awe while he just contorts his body a little bit and like scores. Mm-hmm. So it's just like <clears throat> because it's so unknown at the time, that's why he was able to be so effective. Like we're gonna call him overrated by our standards today, but of that year and of that era, like good. that's never before seen. That's like amazing. Yeah. You know, people are like well, eyes wide open. This is must see basketball. Mm. Like a guy that I I don't know if I texted you this. Somebody that he reminds me of. I always think of Cleveland Cavaliers players. I got them all. Oh <laughs> no, please! <laughs> a guy who's not in the league anymore. Alonzo G. Alonzo G. Six six. Lonzo G's way more athletic than Elja Baylor. Alonzo G's like through the legs, <laughs> like forty something inch vertical, ridiculous. Okay, right. Not in the league. <laughs> I mean, he had a little stint for like five years. Would whoop both of us in basketball? It'd be twenty-one to zero. I understand that. For sure, <laughs> right. If you put him in Elja Baylor's sixties, he's better than Elja Baylor. That's just the what I keep on back oh and coming God. back to. Why you respect that man like that by picking like who? Did, pause. Does any of our listeners even know who Alonzo G is? We can't put them in the same conversation. I told you, Jason, get canceled. Can't be doing that. They already cut the podcast off of it this time. I'm sorry, you guys. I told him not to do it. I told him. I was like, don't do it. They don't want to hear that. They don't even know who Alonzo G is. They don't even know who he is. I don't even remember who he is half the time. Like, I forget he's on the cast. He was on the cast at one point. It's real bouncy. Real bouncy. All right. We're going to go to our next next player with a unique name. Dolph Shays. Love this guy. Yeah. 6'8". His career stats are... Uh, 19 points per game. Uh, actually, it's 20. 18.5 rebounds, 12.1 assists. Field goal percentage is uh, 38. And, uh, wait, no, I'm reading this completely wrong. Wow. It's 18.5 yeah. points per game, 
12.1 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 38 field goal percentage, free throw shooting, 84.9%. His career highs on the season, 24 points per game, 16 rebounds, 4 assists. Please, let me say this. Let me say this. Before we go even further, you guys may not even know who Dolph Shays was. I didn't know who Dolph Shays was until we started the research for this podcast. But, oh, my gosh. Like, earlier I mentioned how Curry goes two feet inside from the past the half-court line and lets it fly. This guy does the exact same thing. But just imagine that with no three-point line in the 60s. He's just – and he does a set shot. So that just means that he just gets the ball, walks up (laughs) – and just puts the ball in both yes. hands and takes yes. a shot. And it's net, all net, every single time. So it's just 38%, you know, we're like, oh, my God, that's kind of a lot. But from where he's shooting from and then at that yes. era, think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. He's two feet inside the three points past the half court, letting it fly. And everybody else is like, I told you, there's so many jump shots in this area. So they're like right under the hoop jump shots, like maybe – 10 feet, 15 feet back, jump shots. But this guy is like 20 feet out, three-point line, jump shot, and knocking it yes. down. And this, like, you're thinking in your head, like, in the modern NBA, like, they're, they're, the guards are so crafty. You know what I mean? They're dribbling. They're off the ball. You got Curry run, running, doing track, <clears throat> running track around the court in a circle and waiting for the ball to come. But this guy just, he's set. He sets. He, he really just sets himself up. Stand still and just takes the shot. You're just wondering how is he able to do so with defense, but it happened. And 38 percent, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's such a slow shot too. It's like, geez, how much time do you need to shoot it, butter? Okay, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's like they're just cranking him up. Is they're cranking him up as he's trying to shoot the shot? It's just like <laughs> it's such a weird moving human being too. He doesn't. He looks like that guy. If you watch him play pickup, you're like, damn, that guy can't play basketball at all. I'm guarding him, <laughs> and then he gives you buckets. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, and he. He's the guy who's just like, oh, this guy can't play, just like Jason said. And he comes up the court, gets the ball, and just the first thing he does is take a three and turns around and and then he doesn't watch it go in and he switches and he's like, it's gonna be a long <laughs> game for you. That's literally just what it is. Like, you're like, there's it's the guy on the court who has the ugly jump shot and you're just like, there's no way this is going in. How is that going yes. in? Yes. How is that yes. going in? As you watch it go in over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, it's. It's a really unique guy. He can drive a little bit, too. It was a fun watch, and I'm glad that we brought him up on the pod. And one more thing that we can't forget is that he has, for that era, an amazing first step. Oh, my gosh. That was pretty quick, His, yeah. like, like I said, this is the year of the signature move. His signature move was the three-pointer, honestly. That was the signature mm-hmm. move. But then he also could get the ball, you know, not that far from the hoop maybe about 12 feet out, and his first step is just so amazing. He's getting around defenders where there's not many – there's not any crossovers, not any behind the back. It's not even through their legs yet. No. But he's his first step is just so amazing and so fast, faster than what we – not faster than what we know today, but faster for that era. He's just – it's instant. He's a bucket. Yeah. All right. Our next guy is Rick Barry. <clears throat> Rick Barry is 6'7". Career numbers, 24.8 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 45% from the field goal percentage, 
89.3, shooting that grainy free throw shot. Uh, career highs are 35 points per game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 51 field goal percentage. The granny shot was cooking one year up to 94.9%. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> he has a... Re- it's funny that he shot the granny yes. shot. He Go has ahead. a really... Like, he has a... It's not a comparison, but it's a comparison. It's kind of like James Harden-ish. And I'm speaking really abstractly because I love James Harden. Nobody in the 60s could guard James Harden. James Harden could be the second best player in the 60s right now. He would be ridiculous. He'd drop a 50 a game. But for sure, what I'm going with this is Rick Barry had a hook shot. He had a mid-range shot, a long-range shot. And the ability to drive. Like, he had the ability to score from so many different spots on the floor. That's where I'm getting at with a James Harden. And it was a really unique watch to see somebody who's just all around to be able to do so many things so well. And it's just, that's why we have him where we have him. He was a, he was just a, a bucket in that era, man. For real. Such a pure score for real, and then it's like I was saying, it's kind of funny that he shot the granny shot because he had a really nice form for his mm-hmm. jumpers. I'm like, why would he shoot the granny shot at the free throw? But honestly, watching him is a must watch. You just see how smooth and how just effortlessly he scores on the yeah. court. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, so we can head into the next guy, number seven. Okay. Somebody we both love, Dave Bing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> His uh, career numbers are 20 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 6 assists, 44% field goal percentage, 77.5% from the free throw line. Career highs are 27 points per game, 5 rebounds, and 7.8 assists. Chris, you can lead it. Go for it. Dave Bing, I like that's another player who I'm not really completely sure of until today. Like I was, I saw it on the list. I was like, Dave Bing, who is Dave mm-hmm. Bing? And then I watched his highlights from like the NBA All Star, the, the, the year he won the MVP of the NBA All Star. I'm just like, oh my god, who is Dave <laughs> Bing? Like how could we have never known about who Dave yes. Bing is? It's just like he's scoring all over the court. He's making amazing passes. It's just. I mean, I know, I guess I use the word effortlessly a lot, but, like, when you watch him play, it's just so smooth. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, just effortless. I, just, I gotta say it, effortlessly. It's just effortless. Like, <laughs> scoring the basketball in every type of way possible. Yeah, he's he has so many different abilities to score. He'll tr- make a nice turnaround jump shot, uh, fadeaways. He can drive to the basket and make layups and make really nice, has really fin- good finishes. He pushes in transition, very solid passer and can shoot from distance. Like he's, he's very much a modern guard. And for sure, uh, to be honest with you, bro, like the guards from those era, this era, none of them could play today. <laughs> a lot of these guys from this era could not play today because they could not score enough at all. They just they wouldn't have a chance, but this guy would have a chance playing today, for real. It's it's really impressive, and I'm, I'm glad that we have him where we have him because I feel like he deserves it. 
for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. He definitely deserves his spot. Like, go watch his... If you, <clears throat> I know we may not be talking a lot about him, but like I said, he's just very new to us right mm-hmm. now. So if you, like, please go on YouTube, type in Dave Bing highlights, and just watch his NBA All-Star highlights, and you'll see what we're talking about, how he can be a modern NBA player. Because he technically kind of sort of was. Like, he, he played all the way up until, I think, the 70s. So, like, that's leading into, like, the 80s, 90s, like are before modern era, modern era, so... Yeah, you see a lot of... Now that I think about it, I'm sure Isaiah Thomas took a lot of... from Dave Bing. Oh, my gosh. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. I could see that for sure. So... uh, We can move on from our love, Dave Bing. And we can head to uh, Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes is number six on our list. He's 6'9". Career at numbers are 21 points per game, 12.5 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 45.2% from the field goal range percentage. Uh, Free throw was 67%. Career highs are 28.4 points, 18 rebounds, 3 assists, 50% field goal percentage, and 76.6% from free throw. He is a... He's a power forward. He's a unique. He's a little stronger for that era, but not like super strong. He has a nice <clears throat> mid-range shot in post-game. He's just a very good in that era, good player. He's not super special, and I don't know how great he would be now because 6'9", it's not super... It's like yeah, line. it's not super tall. He's not like hyper strong or hyper athletic, even though he can dunk. It's just he's just a good all around player with no real negatives. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, from the highlights that I've seen, it was just pretty much that. And he's just he's just effective on the court. That's pretty much it in any way possible. Yeah. <clears throat> so now we can move into the top five. Can I honorable yeah, mention since we're in the yeah. top five? <clears throat> I want to honorable mention John Havlicek. Can I go for it? Because watching him, I watched about two, maybe more videos of him recently. And since the next player we're going to talk about, spoiler, is a clutch player, if that gives you any, any idea of who it might be, John Havlicek is a clutch player as well. He's one of those guys who you're just like, he wants the ball in his hands. I was watching the video where there's like he's like one of the clutchest players and he just wanted the ball in his hands at all the time and he was willing to take that big shot and he wasn't first he was told that he wasn't allowed to shoot, then when he got the Celtics he was like, shoot the ball, don't let them disrespect you like that, and he never looked mm-hmm. back. So John Havlicek definitely deserves to be on this list if we're gonna talk about, you know, grades of the sixties and sixties, seventies, because John Havlicek is one of the clutchest players in NBA history and he's made a lot of big shots. Yeah, if I had an all, have an honorable mention, I feel like Nate Thurman was on the outside looking in. He's one of the top three defensive players of that era. It's just couldn't really score. A little small for my taste. John Havlicek scored. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him. All right. For sure. Now we're breaking the top five. Jerry West. Six-two. Career numbers of 27 points per game. Five rebounds, six assists, forty-seven point four percent field goal percentage, 
free throws 81% and his career highs are 31 points a game, 7.9 rebounds, 9.7 assists, 51.4 field goal percentage, and 87% from the free throw. Yeah, I really I really loved watching Jerry West play. Like he is he has such a unique game for that era because he could take it off the dribble and make tough mid-range shots, tough what are now three-point shots. He can drive to the basket. I mean, he's just he's such a positive influence on the floor. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Randy LaRusso were part of the reason why Elgin Baylor was so effective because they did have good shooters on that team. And I just, I really feel like he deserves this spot and I really liked watching him. What about you, Chris? I like Jerry West. You know, he is the logo. Um, when For me watching Jerry West, I just saw that he was, you know, a really good all-around player. He could shoot. He could distribute the mm-hmm. ball. Um, one thing I do want to say is that his nickname is Mr. Clutch, so we know why he got that. He, I mean, I was watching some of his clutch shots a little bit earlier, and Gossett gets the ball in the inbound and just launches it from like beyond half court, sends the game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's another one of those guys. Like I was mentioning before when John Havlicek, because he just, you know, you know who can, who's getting the ball because he's going to make these shots. He's the pressure guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like he's probably one of the cl- more clutch players of that era, and. He's really special, and I, I'm glad that he, you know, played the game of basketball. I'm sure he inspired a lot of people that are shooters from ball handling. I don't know somebody like Steph Curry or Dean Lillard or people of that kind of thing. And I just, I, uh, I'm glad we have him on our list, well ranked. <clears throat> All right, for sure. Are you ready for our most shocking ranking? Well, second most shocking. Oh, there's a few of them, but this is one of our most shocking rankings. Number four. Christopher. Jason, don't get <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that I've seen top ten all time, round eight, seven, six all time, anywhere from six to 20, he's ranked, Chris. We have him number four from the 60s to 70s. The man that has 11 rings. We have number four from the 60s and 70s. Bill Russell. Bill Russell, 6'10". And no, I'm not lying to you when I say this. He averaged 15.1 points per game for his career. 22.5 rebounds. 4.3 4.3 assists. Field goal percentage was 44%. Free throw was 56.1. Hacker Russell. Uh, <laughs> right. Career high. <laughs> 18.2 points. Rebounds 24.7. Assists 5.8. Field goal percentage 46.7. And free throw is 61. I just want to start by saying before you get into Bill Russell... Hit by tell I hear in his stats, you can kind of tell what he was really, really good at. He was good at getting rebounds. And playing defense. Like, 22.5? Exactly. Like, he was the defensive anchor for that Celtics team. He was the defensive reason why they were able to win championships so consistently. Mm-hmm. They won four straight, 
or maybe I mean it might be more than that straight, but from what I was you know gathering from just the game that I saw, they had won their fourth straight, and he was a, he was a integral part of that win because he was able to play such great defense. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not grabbing boards, then you can't and you can't. Second chance points is big, especially during this era, because they're not they're not as athletic, so they're not. I mean, they can get up and not grabbing the rebound is big, and then pushing the ball in transition. So you grab the ball, you get into that to Bob Cousy, and he's going down the court, and then all you gotta do is just run with him because it's a fast break, and that's what Boston was. He's getting. athletic too; like he's got great feet, moves really well. He's really has a high basketball IQ, makes good passes with their offense, where they lose a lot of. Off ball movement, and uh, I mean, he's just—he's great at so many things, and that's the reason why he's number four. But man, that guy cannot score. It's really telling what he's good at. It's like legit telling what he's good at. Like with his stats, twenty-two point five rebounds. Like that's that's crazy. What's even? I, I, I feel like when you say 15 points a game, you're like, how in the world can somebody who scored 15 points in the game, points a game, be top 10 all time? I just, I, I, I feel so bad because, you know, he's, he's a legend, but I really do feel like he's overrated. Genuinely. Ah. <laughs> Please don't cut off the podcast. <laughs> I'm begging you. Just keep listening. I'm sure we got more for you. Just Jason. he would not be an all star. He has a lot of rings. He he would not score he, more he than 12 again. points a game in the current. How are you making the all star team? He has a <laughs> he has 11 rings. So it's Bob Cousy, John Havlicek. Well, not they don't have 11, but you know you get where I'm going at that. Sam Jones. I get it. I get it. Sam Jones deserves those rings. Don't do that to him. <laughs> it was a great team, bro. It was a great team. And he was the best player on the team, but... He's overrated. I get it. <sighs> Don't say it again. <laughs> He's overrated. If they even got it this far because of what you said earlier... About... About Elgin Baylor, you said he was overrated too. If they even got this far, <laughs> just ah oh, man, it's just, you got to save it with the next person because literally they, they're our listeners are just like he just really just called the guy with the most rings in NBA history overrated, and I'm just like they don't even want to trust our they don't even trust our knowledge anymore <laughs> on basketball right now. I can't lie about what my eyes sees, bro. We just can't lie. That guy's like. He's great at a lot of things. Putting the ball in the basket. We come back to this. If he was on a crappy team, bro, you you wouldn't know who Russell was. At this level, you would be like, he was a great defender, great rebounder. But we would be like, he doesn't score enough points to be considered as the greatest of all time. That wasn't his role, though, to score. His score was to do what he did. That's why he was so effective. His role was to grab rebounds, was to be defensive anchor, was to, you know, lead the defense, the defensive charge on the floor. His, his role wasn't to score. I mean, I saw, I saw him score a couple times. They were pretty easy buckets. But that wasn't his role on the team, though, you know? 
Sam Jones, that was his role. His role was a scorer. And Johnny Havlicek. <clears throat> and John Havlicek, you know? Well, yeah, John Havlicek. Yeah, so that's that's Bill Russell, in our opinion. This is probably going to be the next, the biggest shocking of them all. We have a guy that I really knew nothing about, number three. <laughs> Honestly, saying, <laughs> who is this guy? I still don't know. Walt Bellamy. All right. 6'11". His career numbers are uh, averaging 20 points per game, 13.7 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 51% from field goal percentage, 63.2% free throw. And his career highs are 31.6 points per game, 19 rebounds and 3.8 assists. Do you know what his career high season was? His rookie what? season. Really? Yes, he has one. The that, there's a lot of guys like that. Like uh, Rick Barry's career high year was his rookie season too. Like it. It just seems like they kind of go on this downward, uh, uh, slope. And I don't know if it's uh, due to the teams becoming different, maybe them gathering more talent, or is this them playing so many games that they just start going downhill because these guys really were Ironmen. They played so many minutes during, in a game. It was ridiculous, uh, especially before pre-medicine and pre-physical like therapy and all the stuff LeBron has at his house. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right. Why do we have a guy that... I really didn't know about number three. I I feel like I should read what I wrote down because people need to see this. I said, "Holy shit, he's a maze ball, maze balls." Why did nobody think of to draft this guy, draft a center, and play him at power forward? Reminds me of Kevin Garnett. Mm. I can see. I can see from what I've seen in those highlights, like his mid-range game is something special for sure. Yes, he's shooting like t- like eighteen feet, twenty feet out, and on top of that, he has like a built body, like kind of like Patrick Ewing ish, six eleven, real strong. He's got great feet and can drive with the basketball and go to the hoop and finish, and he also has a great post game. Like he's a phenomenal athlete. Like, he can really dunk. And it's just, you know, there was that evolution in the NBA that happened when Shaq was dominating centers. And all those 6'11 guys, Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, like, I'm going to play against all these 6'8 power forwards, 6'6 power forwards that were all, like, bulky guys. And I'm just going to shoot over them all day, and they're, now nobody's going to stop me. Like, if somebody would have thought of that, with Walt Bellamy, he would have revolutionized the power forward position. He would have Honestly. he would have been the greatest power forward of all time until a guy like Charles Barkley walked in. I was so impressed. I was legitimately amazed watching this guy play because he's I he could literally be an all star type player right now. He could be that kind of guy. And I I just said. Elgin Baylor couldn't be in the league. Like, that's a huge gap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have to think. What do you have to say, Chris? 
<clears throat> well, Bellamy definitely watching him. It was definitely something special to watch because, like Jason said, like I had no clue who this guy. Like majority of the people on this list, I really had no clue who they were. But this guy really had no clue who he mm-hmm. was until I watched him, and I was just watching him like. Like mid range shot, mid range shot. I'm just like, like I said before, like the 60s, it's a big jump shot era. It's the it's the era of the signature move. Mm-hmm. So his signature move was these mid range shots, and he were he was knocking them down in an amazing yes. clip. So no wonder he's on this list because he's six <clears throat> eleven and he's doing something that not many bigs big yes. guys like him could do. Yes, I completely agree, and I. I was so so glad that we watched him, and I'm so glad that we didn't just like look at all time lists and copy and paste and like okay, we're just gonna you know read the stats off and just we actually watched these guys and he's a phenomenal player, and I'm glad we're bringing up his name <clears throat> for sure all right, number two back into. Oscar <laughs> Back into the way majority of people see people from that era. I knew you were going to get that in. You love calling him Roberson. <laughs> I needed to. <laughs> Roberson. Oh, my goodness. So we all know Mr. Triple Double God, Oscar Roberson. <laughs> <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> I don't think I have to list off his stats because it's a triple double. But uh, his career high points wise was 31. And we all know for him to have a triple-double, he has to have more than 10 assists and 10 rebounds. So that's what his career stats look like. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he is... Uh, our frame of reference was a triple-double is Russell Westbrook, but this guy looks nothing like Russell Westbrook, even though they're, like, the same height. Russell Westbrook is, like... <laughs> the Energizer Bunny on steroids with like hella bounce like just coming full steam scaring everybody on the court Oscar's more my mid-range shot is butter I'm going to be a great point guard and make great passes in my opinion he's the greatest passer in that era he has really good passing ability when they do get in the transition he does uh, push the ball well and make good passes there too uh, he's just a very good team player. I don't know if, how he would translate into this era as... I feel like he could be a positive force on a winning basketball team, but I don't think he could score enough to be an all-star. But if you put him... Like like if you uh, checked out our midseason temperature check when we talked about the Boston Celtics and how their point guard position needed a guy that was a facilitator or that could get a bucket maybe every once in a while. Like, Oscar Robinson would be perfect in that role. Like, he is... Yeah. He is a very good team player. That's where I'm going at with him. Uh, I was a little disappointed because he's, like, he's 6'5", and he's got that, like, bulky build. Kind of like Marcus Smart-ish. You know how Marcus Smart's more of a bulky guy? So, yeah. So, I wish he would have put his shoulder on somebody and driven to the basket and finished against smaller guards. I feel like he would be more dynamic in that era. But, uh, yeah, that's my impression of Oscar Robinson. He's very unique. His mid-range shot really is butter. It's like just so cash. He gets any daylight it's going in. So 
I yeah, I had a lot of fun. What about you, Chris? Um, Oscar Roberson <laughs> um, walked, so Russell Westbrook could run um, for sure with the triple double mm-hmm. season. Um, <clears throat> once again, like not very dynamic of a player, mm-hmm. I would say, because yes. um, he's not really like making. You know, Russell Westbrook is playing bully yes. ball. Like he's strong, he's athletic, he's dunking on people. That's not his game at all. Like he's really more of a set up the offense kind of guy because, like you said before, he's a team player, but he also can score. So like he's more, I would say, like scoring wise, he's like a Rip Hamilton because mm-hmm. he's gonna mid range the hell out of you. Yes, yes, I completely agree. And that's gonna be like his bread and butter the entire yes. game. Yeah, he's he's he definitely is a, a uh, creation of that era, but. You know, he deserves to be praised as the first triple-double guy, and his passing is legitimate. It's really real, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we have him number two because he definitely... Sure. All right. Wow. I can only imagine who's number one. You know what's crazy? Some people have Bill Russell number one. Don't. <laughs> please. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. That's, you know why they have Bill Russell number rings. one? It's the same reason that LeBron is in their go is because of rings. Rings. Oops, we're going to get canceled because of this. Oops. We go from Bill Russell could score like 10 to 12 points a game to this guy would be the second best player in the NBA. Right now. Like of all time. Yeah, I think he might be of all time. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to talk about Wilt Chamberlain. I literally Wilt the Steel Chamberlain. I literally have Wilt God of Error. Yeah, seven one. Career numbers: thirty points per game, twenty two rebounds, four point four assists, fifty four percent field goal percentage. He's another center who's trash from the free throw line, fifty one percent. His uh, career highs, well, we all know the 15-25 season, so that's ridiculous. He also also led the league in assists one year, so it's his career high in assists, 8.6. His career high field goal percentage is 68%. He is so breathtaking that Chris and I don't even know what to say first. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go back and just say, Wilt Chamberlain, like, if you watch his highlights, oh. he used to play for the Globetrotters. And if that means anything to Gosh. you, because that means something to me. Because after watching that, this guy is, like he said, 7-1. Yes. And when we think 7-1 now, we think Giannis or, you know, something close to that. Or, you know, like Kevin or like Kevin Durant, maybe, because he's not listening to 7, but, but he said he plays. But anyway... Like, run, jump, dunk Giannis, Antetokounmpo. But no, this guy isn't doing that. He He's pushing the ball on a fast break. 7-1 with the ball on a fast break. Behind the back passes, like, court vision, amazing. Like, it's just, he's such an enigma in the NBA, in the NBA because it's just like, this guy scored 100 points in there, and it, it's just like, when you have greatness on that level, somebody always trying to, you have to find some kind of way because you don't believe it. You have to discredit it somehow. Oh, he's just so much taller than everybody. Yes, if you watch the highlights, he's so much taller than everybody else in the court. But like I said, the year of the signature move, and he's able to be effective on the court. Like you watch him, you understand why he was able to score so well. Nobody could stop him. He was just so dominant. 
I mean, he has for the he era. has crazy stories. He was the he won the high jump in college. Watch his Olympic highlights. He is like winning the triple jump in college. He has like a story of a four six forty. He has a story of beating Jim Brown in a race. He has a story of him like bench pressing like four hundred pounds with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has like there's all these ridiculous there's stories of him touching the back of the backboard, which I completely believe. I mean, there is some honestly there are some still shots of him blocking shots that are above the white box, like uh, the back. You know the the backboard. Am I saying that right? Why can't I think of the white box? What's yeah. the white box? The bank. Sh- the, I don't know why I can't think of it. Uh, the white? No, I don't know. I'm just know what this white box. It's the square. Yeah, I keep on blinking on what. I, I, wow, I keep. Wow, I'm really blinking on it. But he's just. He's so ridiculous, and it's just. He looks like the flat. I mean, you gotta watch young Will Chamberlain highlights. When he was older, he's a little more stronger. And still godlike, but when he's younger, when the Philadelphia 76ers. That didn't. Warriors. <laughs> oh, they're Philadelphia Warriors? It was the Philadelphia Warriors. Thank you. <laughs> he's just. He's, he looks like the Flash going across the screen. <laughs> like, what's that seven foot one blur? <laughs> Right, <laughs> it's just insane. Oh yeah, it's just, it is not even just a highly skilled seven foot one. I mean, just a seven foot one athlete out there. It is highly skilled post game, like post fadeaways, spins back to the middle and has that. Uh, I think they call it the dipper shot where he turns towards the guy and lays it in. I mean, he. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That shot is pretty cool. I mean, it's just... It's so cool. He's got great hook shots. He's got great post presence, and it's just... He's so physically dominant. and uh, Honestly, I feel like he was toying with people. <laughs> <laughs> he scored 100 points. Yeah, he something. <laughs> like... Leading the league in assists one year. He has a good passer. It's just... Phenomenal defender, shot blocker at the rim is it's it's just wow, Chris. It's so wow. That is just mind blowing. This guy is mind blown. Honestly, and on the NBA open court, I would agree more with Reggie than anybody else because Jack's like <clears throat> if we talk. I'm going to go with uh, the winners because he's a winner and he has 11 rings. So we go put Bill Russell in the, in the starting five. And I'm just like, bro, like, look at Will. Like, look at <laughs> Will, please. He's he's here. He's here. He. If, I, rings mean so much, but. He might be, like, number two all time. I will never take anybody seriously for the rest of my life that has him not in the top five. I will literally after yes, watching him. I will literally put my cursor to the red top right corner, hit that red X every time. 
<laughs> Honestly, because <clears throat> you have to take Wilt seriously. Wilt serious. Wilt is like I said, he's an enigma. Mm. Like he's just he's just so unbelievable. Yes. Like think of this for a second. The only thing that we ever knew about Wilt before we even watched highlight films was that he scored a hundred points. That would that's just like amazing. Yes. We have the only thing we seen close to close to getting a hundred points was Kobe. He had eighty one. Mm. Wolf scored a hundred. I mean, he might be the greatest athlete to ever play basketball. I would give it to him. And it the gap here is so amazing that it doesn't make sense that a guy like a guy like that should not be in the sixties. Like, uh, out of the list we have here, I said the only one I think could be an all-star type player. Like, this guy is, the gap is so huge between him and everybody else. I understand why people, you know, try to poke holes in him and try to, like, I remember reading this Bill Simmons uh, book of basketball, I think it is. And he just ripped into Will Chamberlain with stories about how he wasn't a team guy and, you know, the elephants ran through him and, you know, he was a Celtics, he's a Celtics fan, so he obviously had Bill Russell as better than Will Chamberlain, which is ludicrous. Burn the book. Burn the book. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you literally have to put blinders on and taped your eyes shut to say Will Chamberlain is not better than Bill Russell. Like, seriously. This man gets disrespected so much, and I will never, never, ever again not have him top three all time, top five all time. He is amazing. Amazing. It's just so incredible. I Leaps and bounds ahead of the competition. Yes. Above the competition. Yes. Like a seven foot one guy, you know his wingspan is like seven eight. That's so crazy! <laughs> I seven eight. So, let us. You remember Zadrunas Agalsis? Seven yeah. foot three, he could barely dunk. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of seven footers that just can't move. It it seems like Very it true. should be physically impossible. He he kind of reminds me. He's a smooth athlete like Kevin Durant. I think his little straight speeds are a different level than KD. But it's just so amazing, man. Uh, it just it's so incredible watching him play. It's it's honestly breathtaking. It's you almost doesn't doesn't seem real. If you don't believe us. You don't take our takes for, for you know. You take our takes, our takes with a grain of salt. Please go watch. Oh my goodness. Will Chamberlain highlights, and then also go watch Bill Russell highlights and compare <laughs> the two, and see why we say what we say. And I don't care if you cancel it at this point because Bill Russell has eleven rings, and Will Chamberlain doesn't have that many rings. And people are like, "Oh, it's rings." That's what we're gonna put him above him. Just like, "Oh, it's rings." That's what we're gonna put Mike above LeBron. But look at skill. Look at dominance and look at the overall package of the player. Wilt Chamberlain is leaps and bounds ahead of Bill yes. Russell. That's why he's not number one on our list. Yes. Sorry. I mean, could you imagine 
this guy being born today. Just think of how he would adapt to the game. Like, he might actually be, like, a stretch big. He would be a stretch big. Like, this is, I feel like this is a great comparison. I'm glad I just thought of this. We'll use Giannis as a base. <laughs> okay. We gotta make Giannis faster. Uh-huh. We gotta make Giannis jump way higher. We gotta okay. make Giannis two inches taller. And pass better. Yes. <laughs> we gotta make his <laughs> arms seven foot eight, which is crazy lanky. Alright. Now with just Giannis's skill set. He's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, just think of it. It could score 100 points a day. It would, yeah, with all the spacing. Yeah. He would score 100 points a day. Because when you have such a dominant center like that, the office has to go through him. You can't make the mistake. You can't be a Timberwolves team (laughs) and go, oh, hella guards, and then our big guy in the center, and just we're going to clog the lane. And not let him go to work. But you you, sp- you spread that floor out, put shooters around him, you're going to hella championships. We forget Bill Russell even. Overrated. All right. So we're going to have a little segment at the end here. This guy reminds, guy reminds me of blank, and we're going to choose one. We're going to choose... Somebody from the 60s, the 70s, that reminds us of a current player. Do you want me to go first or you go first? Gotcha. Yeah, you go first. All right. It took me a while because uh, there is a huge skill gap between 60s and current guys. But Jerry West reminds me of C.J. McCollum. They're around the same height. C.J. McCollum's got a nice uh, post-fadeaway, great mid-range game, shoots off the dribble, doesn't have deep range like a Damian Lillard. But he can score from so many different spots on the floor and can run a little bit of a pick and roll. And I really thought that that was my best comparison that I can think of for an older guy to a current guy. Go ahead. Um, well, if we're talking about this guy reminds me of, I'm going to go with Wilt. And I'm going to say what reminds me of the King, King James. And I know you're saying, like, oh, God, LeBron isn't seven foot. He's only 6'9", maybe 6'10". But when we're talking dominance of an era, LeBron dominated era, well, dominated era completely. We're talking about just pushing the ball on a fast break, the court vision, the the, the skill set when it comes to scoring. Well, led the league in assists. LeBron could be all-time assist leader. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... And they're both built like gods athletically. Like, honestly. So I would say LeBron. I would give it to LeBron as being more what like, even though he's not so much of a score first, he's more of a pass first type of guy, and that's kind of an enigma in this today's game. But I would give it to LeBron. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Yeah. All right. So we are reaching the end of our podcast. So we want to talk about how important it is for us for you guys to hit that download button if you guys like our podcast. You can also give us a ratings. Five stars really help us. You know, we're growing. 
You can even hit the five stars, log into your other account, make another account, hit five stars again, as many times <laughs> as you feel like it. And if you feel like, man, I really hate this podcast, you can move your cursor to the top right corner of the screen. There's this rectangular red box with a black X, and you just click it. That'll take you right to where you need to go. <laughs> Chris, can you give out our socials? <laughs> All right. So, you know where you can follow us at Addicted to Basketball. At me at underscore Addicted to Basketball on Instagram. And, you know, if you have anything you want to say to us, you know, our inboxes are always open. We follow. I mean, we follow back. So go ahead. Give us a follow as well. And like all of our posts, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. So, and also, next episode is going to be the 70s through the 80s. We're probably going to have some guys that we definitely disagree on, and probably some guys we fall in love with. So, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, so, we're the Basketball Addicts, and I'm Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Muhammad.